Hi, welcome to Women Inspiring Women. Today, I have such an amazing person. She is extremely intelligent, academic. She's such an amazing advocate for everything she is and or believes in. Kind, caring, helpful, generous, hardworking, strong, a loyal friend, a loyal wife, courageous, and extremely supportive. She really uses her voice for anything that is important to her, whether it's the LGBTQ plus community, vaccinations, her strength is evident. She lives her life if she wants to, and I love that she doesn't care what anyone thinks. She knows what she wants and goes for it every time, personally or professionally, and she has done so much in her professional life. She is super creative, whether it's coming from baking, fashion, you name it. So I'd like to welcome my friend, Chelsea. Hi, Chelsea. How are you? Thanks for coming today. Thank you. Oh my gosh, that was so nice. It, it was, Thank you for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. And I'm just so, I'm. you know, it's funny because when I asked you, the first thing you said is me and you were surprised and I was surprised that you were surprised that you're inspiring because I just... I like to me, it's so evident. And, uh, and I just want to, I always like to share the people in my life that I find so incredibly inspiring. And there's so many reasons why you inspire me. Um, and even my daughter, who sort of, she knows that you used to work at the zoo. So we're going to talk about that as well. Um, so we're going to start with how we met. And then just sort of briefly, and then we're going to talk about you if anything and anywhere you want to start. Okay. Sure. So we met through work. Yes, we met when I started working at uh, the chiropractic clinic that you were working at. Yeah, I think you were already working there. And then I started working there. And um, yeah, that's how we met. And but this is the thing you're you're what was your job at the time you were Dr. Chelsea Derry to I me. I was, I was, it feels you were my weird. doctor. Yeah. Yeah. It feels weird now to say that, but yes, that was, I was brand new, fresh out of, fresh out of medical school. And, uh, I had worked, I think in one clinic prior to working in that clinic. And, uh, I was really excited to be in Thornhill and, uh, be working with other healthcare providers. And I really, I just liked the vibe at that clinic and you were definitely part of that vibe. And it was, uh, it was great. And you were just, you were so easy to talk to that. I think, you know, we got to know each other pretty quickly. Actually, that's what I was thinking is I do remember the exact day you came in. I remember thinking you were very fashionable and you just, yeah, like you not only are smart and intelligent, but you're, you're also very cool and you know what to wear. And, um, and I remember the first day came in and you right away the first day were like, oh, I know how to help you with this. I think I had done something to a muscle or whatever. And you're like, oh, and you were so helpful. But then I also think, I feel like I never knew when we sort of got to close because I just felt like. I always felt comfortable with you there. Mm -hmm. And, and that's what I liked about us is it was comfortable and you're so easygoing and calm. That was the other thing. You're so calm and approachable. And that's what I liked as a doctor, nothing phased you. Like someone could, you know, I could have said the weirdest thing to you. Mm -hmm. Nothing. And no, I know that's uh, it's, it's such a great quality funny. in a doctor. It's funny to hear people say you're so calm because in my head, I am like the complete opposite of calm, <laughs> but you are. Um, 
But I've been told that before. Like I remember even in my residency, it was the very first day of my residency and my supervisor handed me a a patient file and basically laughed and was like, have fun with this one. And I was like, what? And she was like, well, I think you're one of the only ones here that can handle this without running away. And um, anyway, this this patient was a very challenging patient, um, had been in and out of in and out of jail and living on and off the streets and um, spoke to women not very nicely, including me. And um, oh. just it was a very challenging patient. And I was like, OK, yeah, I get <laughs> I get this challenge. That's no problem. And he had a lot to say, but whatever. And it's funny because that's exactly how I see you as you would be comfortable and calm. Uh, and even now talking about like what you're saying, being treated certain ways, you can handle yourself respectfully. And yet, well, you do. I mean, even when I just talk to you now through our classes, you're always like, hi, you know, like you're the most calm person. So no, it's lovely. So um, one of the coolest things I always tell other people about is you doing high school at the science center oh my gosh that's so way back I can't believe you remember that I never forget it we go we had a science center pass and I would always tell like my kids and my husband how cool it was to be in high school here and you know but so like to me I just feel like there's so much I don't know so why don't you start a little bit from your background it can be personal it can be professional whatever you're comfortable with I just find for people to hear about other women and their stories. Everyone has a great story. Everyone has an inspiring story. So wherever you want to start and you're comfortable, please, if you don't yeah. mind. Oh my gosh. It's so true. Everyone does have really different stories. Well, um, I mean, Oh God, where do I start? I was born in 1984. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was a rainy oh my gosh, April. So young. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we won't go that far back, but um I mean, no, it kind of is important to go that far back because uh, I was born um, with a birth defect and I was born, I was born with a really large tumor. I won't get into the details, but um, so I had a, t- I had a tough, a tough beginning from the get go. And my mom was um, at the time of my birth, kind of in the process of already separating from my father. So she had a tough time of it too. And um, yeah, so I grew up till I was seven with my, you know, single mom, she was working different jobs. And, you know, I was mostly raised by my grandparents who are uh, immigrant. Well, my mom and my grandparents are immigrants from Germany. And um, so, yeah, they, I spent a lot of time with Oma and Opa till I was seven. And then my brother was born and my mom was remarried. And um, yeah, so the rest of, I mean, the rest of my childhood is kind of a blur and and unremarkable but I was so I just remember being busy all the time like busy 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 my mom had us in t-ball and soccer and karate and violin lessons and gymnastics and dancing and dancing was where I really excelled and it was my passion and both my brother and I did that competitively for many years into our teens um and you know it's funny that in the intro you said creative like that's that's totally not, I don't think of myself really as a creative person, but one, one part of me was really a- academic and the other part was, you know, I was dancing and, and had, had that creative outlet, which was good because my home life was challenging. Um, my mother was, um, had, had physical and, and mental health challenges and 
tumultuous relationships with um, with men and so my home life was challenging and so it was good to have that creative outlet and uh, and then yeah academia was my thing and it, it came pretty easy to me and then when I found out that there was this opportunity I had never even heard of this opportunity to go to school at the science center and my mom um, she really pushed me to apply for this program even though like my, none of my family is into science at all they're all artsy like oh, they can paint and draw and sing and play piano and and they're very creative people and artsy and and I was kind of going in the other direction so it was it was great that she still encouraged me to apply even though it wasn't an area she was you know familiar with or whatever and I remember um going to the interview and I I rolled up in my 1988 GMC Jimmy that had no speedometer. The door handle <laughs> on my side was broken. It started without keys. It had like black smoke coming out the back. <laughs> this is what I was driving. Like we, I mean, we didn't grow up with a lot of money, you know? So this is what I was too, driving. Yeah. And I even remember the outfit I had on. I had these like, I don't know who let me go to an interview wearing this. But <laughs> it was like, you know, 16 years old or however old I was wearing these like black pants with this black blouse with a rose on it, like this like, yes, I mean, it rose nice. okay. on the front. And, you know, I had my eyebrow pierced and my hair was purple and I had black nails and, um, and then everyone else shows up to this interview in like three piece business suits with briefcases oh, these yeah, yeah. And, and, and they like roll up with their parents in their Mercedes Benz and I'm like oh man I don't know if I belong here well I was gonna ask you actually was there ever fear you know what I mean like were you ever doubtful of anything in your life because you always come across like you just know exactly what you want so for you to even just mention that sort of was surprising to me because you just yeah. seem like you've always owned whatever you're doing, whether, you know, like, like, and that's something that's always inspired me is that you're just so comfortable with who you are and where you are in that point. So that was, At that's that moment I felt really intimidated. I remember that. Yeah. And I remember thinking that I was, you know, in, in my regular high school, I was kind of, what's the expression of, um, a big fish in a small pond, I guess, like academically. And then all of a sudden I go to this school surrounded by other you know brilliant science students and I felt like a really small fish in a really humbled. big pond yes humbled probably yeah very humbled but it it was inspiring for me too to be around these people who had this passion for learning and for science and we got to do so many cool things and it was it was a really great experience and I'm still friends with some of those people to this day and some of them have gone on to do really awesome things um so that that was that was like the beginning of you know, where, where I really thought, okay, I can do this like as a career. Great. Just so, because I'm so always talking about you being a science center high schooler. Um, what was a day like when you'd show up at the science center for school? Um, I always showed up early so I could get coffee and before, so I always showed yep. up with coffee in hand and the science center was always closed when we showed up. So I mean, at this point, I had upgraded to a 1991 Pontiac Firefly. Nice. Yes. So I drove myself from, I was living in Pickering at the time, from Pickering to the Science Center every morning. And the Science Center was closed and we'd all meet. We had this little student lounge in the basement and it was like a computer graveyard. It was like where all the technology had gone to die. Okay. And then 
they just had like a couch and some lockers and a computer and they that was our student lounge and we all had to wear these red lab coats that had the science center logo on them and so we usually spent the morning in classes and um or labs where where like in the basement no they have classrooms on I don't even remember what level it was on they've renovated since then but they do have two uh classrooms there so we had our classes there and we had some labs as well and in the afternoons we would do different things around the science center whether it was like running workshops for um like elementary school age kids like teaching like science lessons doing demonstrations uh, static hairball thing yes static hairball van de Graaff (laughs) generator did you did you guys run that uh, I don't think so. I don't know. I don't recall doing that. I remember be watching a, little, a lot though. Um, but I also remember we would go out to local elementary schools in the area and um, like do science demonstrations in their classroom. Yeah, it was a really cool experience. Wow. Yeah. And so when did you start to think, okay, I'm going to go into medicine. I'm going to be you know, oh, I Dr. didn't. Chelsea Derry. No, that was still a, a ways off. Um, so all I knew at that point was like, oh, I should be a scientist. And I don't even think I really knew what that meant. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's neat. So I applied to university and um, I originally w- was going to go to McGill in Montreal. Oh, yeah. And then my mom got sick. She was diagnosed with cancer and, and oh, was no. having um, surgery and treatment and whatnot. So I didn't really want to be that far away, like a six hour drive or whatever. So, um, but I knew, I, I also knew I needed to get out of the house for my own well-being. Yeah. Um, so I ended up going to McMaster, which was only an hour away. And so I could get home when I needed to get home, but I also could do my own thing when I needed to do that. And um, I started off in chemistry and as it turned out, chemistry was not my forte, which no. I learned the hard way in my first year at university. So um, I did some soul searching and ended up uh, transferring into cell biology. And I did some other courses in psychology and in geology. And, and then I, you know, after you do an undergrad, you kind of have to decide where to go from there. I think university is kind of overrated in a way, because it doesn't train you most university degrees don't train you for a specific career. And nobody told me that, you know, nobody in my family had ever been to college or university. Um, And I was just, the university seemed like the be all and end all to get a degree, but you know, you, you fine, you get a degree, then what? Yes. Yep. And I didn't, I didn't know that. And um, so, I mean, unless you get like an engineering degree or a nursing degree or whatever, but when you graduate with like a general biology degree, like that doesn't even really qualify you to work in a lab, for example. So I was like, okay, now what am I going to do? So I thought like I was mulling different things around. I really wanted to go to teacher's college. um, But at that time it was really hard to get a job as a teacher. I thought about medicine, but then I, I was like, oh, I don't know if that's the right path for me. And then I knew somebody that had gone to the naturopathic college and it seemed like a really awesome combination of like 
kind of holistic health and, um, and, you know, regular sort of Westernized medicine. And so that was what I decided to do. And did you love it? Did you enjoy it? I did. I really enjoyed it. You seem to, when, when I knew you, you seemed to really enjoy it. Yeah, I did. The, the, it was a really difficult four years, like, holy, I didn't expect that, but cause it was kind of the regular medical school curriculum plus the naturopathic um, side of things. So it was really um, intensive four years, really, it really like worked us to the bone, so to speak. And um, when I graduated, I was so excited and, and ready to go. And yeah, um, and yeah, yeah, I did. I really enjoyed it. It was, it was good. Um, but it was, it was not an easy, it was not an easy career to really excel at. You had to have a certain personality type. You had to be very business savvy um, to succeed. And that just didn't interest me. And I never had any interest in business. I had never any interest in running my own business. Um, no interest in accounting or marketing or sales or ad, like nothing. I like, it just doesn't interest me to this day. I have zero interest in it. And, um, and that profession ended up being um, a lot more of that than I had anticipated. And it just wasn't, it wasn't something I wanted to do. In hindsight, I would have done things very differently. If I could go back now, I probably would not have got into that profession. Um, you really were amazing at it. You really were you. like, just like, even now, because even remember I called you, I was like, Hey, are you still in there? And you're like, no, sorry. Cause I would still be going to you. Um, because like I said, like you just, even when you wouldn't even have to look things up, you'd be like, Oh yeah, no, do this and that. Like just for the simple things. If I'd be like, Oh yeah, yeah, this is happening or whatever, you know, like I got a rash in my arm. You'd be like, okay, just take that and that. Um, <laughs> But in, in like I said, it, nothing felt embarrassing to talk to you about it. So you were amazing at that. And I feel like you probably still have that part of you in you. You just don't use it f- to make money, right? Like I'm sure you, your friends and your family all go to you still for that stuff. Correct. But they do. You and just don't make money. And that they're going to get an invoice in the mail yeah. one day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because I, I would totally be like Chelsea. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um you've been so supportive of me throughout all my careers and everything of me. And, um, and I have to thank you for that. Just even now you've, you know, with my business, you got people coming in, but um, you really are that person in, in everyone's life that knows you and you are so strong minded about everything that it's, you know, whether it's like, like your personal life, whether it's, you know, whether you're an animal lover and, and, you know, like you're just so yeah. proud of, you don't back down and, and, or what I saw, you know, when you got vaccinated, I was so impressed by what you did when you got vaccinated because you, you went online and you actually sort of uh, did a live feed about how you felt and pro vaccination. And I just thought that was so great because you were being so open about it, but you're also, because you're so educated and intelligent, you, you could answer the questions calmly because you're just so I got a lot of questions after posting that I know you did and I was just I just thought it was amazing and it really it was just inspiring to see that you weren't um you know you're not afraid of talking about who you are so thank you for that um but tell me how you got because you're an animal lover yeah and didn't you work at a vet too somewhere 
No, I did not. Okay, ever so I thought event. you, I thought you did, but you worked. So you, so I would then see. I saw you once. I was at the zoo, and I hear Nadine, and I knew that you worked <laughs> at the zoo. And now my daughter, who's nine, wants to ask you questions about. So she might yeah. actually come down after we're done, um, if she's not too shy about it, to say and ask you some questions about the zoo if you're okay. So. Yeah, yeah, that was an interesting. Uh, that was that was so great. I worked at the zoo for ten years. Basically, while I was uh, doing my four years um, in medical school at the naturopathic college, I needed a summer job. And oh, maybe this is what you're thinking. My, I had a friend who was a vet. Yeah, that's uh, okay. Yes. Yeah, one of one of my good friends was in veterinary college at the time, and she was working at the zoo. Um, okay. And she said, "There's this position available. Uh, you should apply." And so I did, and I, the qualifications were pretty simple. Like you just needed, you needed to be in, in university or, or have graduated. And I think that was pretty much it. And so I applied and I, I had an interview and um, I pulled stuff out of dark places for that interview. <laughs> for, for some of their questions, I was like, whoa, I really had to reach back many years and pull things out of my memory oh my gosh Jessica. and so that was that was great so I was working for the education department there and I was working overnight shifts running yeah, yeah tours of the African areas of the zoo educational tours from anywhere from like preschool age kids to like seniors groups like and everything in between high school classes elementary school classes girl guide groups, church groups, um, girls nights, uh, ladies nights, whatever. So I got was that to meet the camp. So yeah, they had the a camp. 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 Yeah, because we, we my kids used to do zoo camp after actually before pandemic, they were already enrolled. But there's the zoo camp overnighters. Were you that? Like, did you do the whole week with them? The people? No, like I was not as camp counselor. Those are the zoo. The day camp is like a separate thing from okay. the campsite but the, I know the day camp does use the campsite on Thursday nights um the kids can sleep over there but yeah so I was the anyone who was staying over um at the campsite I also stayed overnight at the zoo so I spent like two two to three nights every week for like almost 10 years every summer <laughs> at the zoo and it was so much fun. I, you know what, I probably would have stayed, but you know, the zoo doesn't have many full-time jobs um, because in the winter they go down to a, like a really small skeleton crew. So like, you know, 80, per, 80 or 90% of their staff are just seasonal. So it's not, um, it's not really, it wasn't really viable for me to stay there forever, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, I love the zoo there. I love it. Yeah. A lot of people like I know zoos get bad reps, but there's a lot of cool stuff that goes on behind the scenes for species conservation. And well, that's what I mean. Like, isn't there a lot of support for that? And that's why yeah. I like to support it. Yeah. But um, no, that's pretty cool. Like I said, um, my daughter will probably be down here in a bit, <laughs> giving you more oh, questions. Really so at one point, I remember I would I'd go to the zoo at 3 p.m. I would work my evening sh shift. I would stay overnight leave the zoo at 10 a.m. the next day, drive to the medical clinic where I was working, okay. have a little sponge bath, change my clothes, put my lab coat and my stethoscope on, 
And my boss at that clinic used to joke that I was like um, Clark Kent and Superman. Like I would go into the phone booth as one person and like come out of the phone booth as another person. That's amazing. So, that was, so was that before Innervate? No, that was after. That was after, okay. Oh yeah, that's right. Because that's when you got the position there. So then, yeah. so that's sort of when we stopped because then I could I didn't see you as often. Yeah. So then, sir, now you're doing something, and I always say this position wrong, and I always have to ask you. Yeah, that. so when I decided to leave um, naturopathic medicine, that was a tough pill to swallow, boy. Holy, after spending that many years in school, that much money on my education, um, you know, it came to a point in my, and you know, I was married at the time, you were at my wedding. Yep, yeah. <laughs> and that you know, my marriage was dissolving um, amicably, but dissolving. So yeah. it was kind of a major life transition there. Which so is so really, tough. Yeah, I really had to reevaluate my life, you know, like, what is it that's going to make me happy going forward? Because this relationship isn't it. And I, you know, I, I already kind of knew that that profession wasn't it. Mm. And I remember speaking to my therapist, you know, I'm a huge advocate of therapy for everyone who could yeah, me too. Me too. to listen to them. Um, so my therapist at the time said, Chelsea, can you see yourself still doing this in 10 years from now? And I was right. like, no, immediately my answer was no. And she goes, then what are you doing? Yep. Wow. And I was like, what am I doing? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you cry <laughs> or do, were you like happy? What, like, were, were you... no, it was like an epiphany that I just had the power to to make these decisions and that I could just decide that I didn't want to do this anymore and that that was okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good for you. Because yeah. I was hanging on to it, you know, whether it was out of pride or determination or I don't know what it was, but so yeah, that year was a big year. You know, I, I, I went back to school. Um, I, I split up with my ex. I moved out on my own. I, you know, moved from Aurora to Toronto and, um, I lost a bunch of weight that year. I was feeling great. <laughs> so, um, yeah. What did you go back to school for? Yeah. So I knew that I still wanted to be in healthcare after all the soul searching. I was like, okay, I still want to be in healthcare. I don't want to have a patient facing role. Um, cause that takes a big toll on you emotionally, you know, nurses and doctors and people who work face to face with patients all day. It's, it's really hard to do. Um, you know, and so I wanted to be a little bit more behind the scenes. And I, you know, I was reminiscing about my days in my undergrad in the lab when I was studying cell bio. I was like, yeah, I could work in a lab. So I went back to school and to um, get my laboratory science diploma. And so I started working in a pathology lab. Um, so I went, it took a couple of years to complete those courses and uh, did an internship. And then after my internship, they hired me. Now describe what pathology is just for. Yeah. So the pathology department in the hospital, um, basically anything that gets removed from somebody's body, whether it's um, a biopsy from your colonoscopy, from your skin, um, whether it's, uh, you know, a mass that's being removed for like, if you have a cyst on your arm or a lipoma on your back, let's, or let's say, let's go to the extreme and say, um, whole organs are being removed, part of your colon, your spleen, a kidney, your gallbladder, your appendix, uh, those all get sent to the pathology lab. And our job is to prepare those tissues um, to be studied and diagnosed. 
So um, when the report finally goes out after we're done doing what we need to do, it will say, you know, this appendix was removed because of infection or this, this tumor was this type of cancer. Um, or this person, the biopsy from this intestine is showing Crohn's disease or whatever right, it is. Right. Wow. So it's not, it's not very glamorous. I spend time, um, you know, rinsing bile out of gallbladders and, <laughs> wow. and things like that, but it's really interesting. And, you know, ev even though I'm not face-to-face -face with patients, I am face-to-face -face with parts of their bodies. Yeah, and yeah. I know that without without this work, without this diagnosis, they, you know, the treatment can't really move forward and it's integral to their health. So I, you know, I, we still know we're making a difference, even though we're not the ones communicating with the patients. Yeah. Wow. Um, and so, so now, cause you are now there's a, you're, there's a big change coming for you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So um, so I guess from the relationship perspective of things after my marriage dissolved, um, so can we, we actually, sorry, can I, I don't mean to interrupt, but can we talk about your personal life? So, yeah. so start with your personal life in a sense of you are now moving because, you know, but yeah, go ahead. So and I got remarried and, yeah. uh, kind of a, a whirlwind romance and got married to my wife, Eva, and she's American. So, um, in the next month or so, I'm going to be immigrating to the United States, which that's even hard for me to say. If you had told me a year ago that I was going to be moving to the United States, I would have given you my entire life savings, which is not that much, but I still would have given it all to you and bet you that that would never happen. <laughs> but here we are. And that's where courage for me comes in, because I just think that's a, that just so much strength and just... I, like that just shows who you, like you, you move, you change, you're doing stuff. Like you've always been that way where you kind of, you seem to not have fear when it comes to that. So when you're saying, you know, like, well, I, have, I have it, okay. I just, anyways, <laughs> you um, don't let it change your direction. I think that's correct. Yeah. the point. Well, I mean, here. in some cases I do let it get the best of me, um, like airplanes, for example, which I'm still terrified okay. of. Okay. In this case, yeah, um, you know, when my wife and I were talking about before we got married, like you, you know, when one person is living in one country and one person's living in another, you have to be like, okay, if we're going to continue this relationship, one of us is going to have to move. So let's talk about that. Um, and, you know, my personality is just that I'm, I'm a little bit more adaptable, I guess, in that Very. like. I've reinvented myself so many times. I've had all these different careers. I've done all this different schooling and I've, I've moved like eight or 10 times in my adult life. Whereas my wife hasn't really had that, you know, she, I mean, she has actually also changed careers um, and moved here and there, but she, you know, she has a great job that she loves and coworkers that she loves. And she lives in a neighborhood that she loves. And she's incredibly close with her, her mom who lives close by. Nice. Um, so it just, it made more sense for me to go there than for her to come here. Also financially, it's much better for me to go there. And you know what I like is just how open you are about yourself and about, you've just always been strong about what your beliefs, what you, who you are, you know, whether it's 
changing your haircut like you just sort of like you don't ever back down like you said you might feel fear about stuff but it doesn't change the yeah. way you're gonna live yeah right? well I think, you know for for queer people who have had to go through the coming out process you don't have the option of I mean you do have the option of keeping things to yourself and and people do live that way um and it's hard but the coming out process teaches you a lot about yourself and it teaches you about sharing about yourself with other people and about acceptance and about you know people who don't accept you don't belong in your life and that's it's painful it can be painful but it's also reality and you know I, I've been for really fortunate that um that you know folks my friends and family have been supportive for the most part but not everybody is so lucky but that that coming out process teaches you a lot about yourself yeah I can't I can only try to imagine how hard that is and I just to give you so much credit and respect and you you seem to do it so gracefully and so um organically so yeah. I just I find that's really incredibly inspiring and then even now you know you're moving and yeah you know like but I just think that's fear there. there's definitely <laughs> fear. I mean it's gonna be a huge change I I'm going to be unemployed for several months until I get my um, my social security number and I can't work there in a laboratory. My license doesn't transfer. So I'm going to have to go back to school again for like, you know, three degrees is not enough. How about a fourth? Sure. So <laughs> that's amazing. Do you have any idea what you would want to do? Uh, yeah, I was, you know, at first I was like, oh, well, I'll just, you know, take the one year course and write the exam to do what I'm doing now, work in a pathology lab. Um, but then I was like, no, I don't want to work in the summer. <laughs> I really oh, don't. Yeah. yeah, that's what I you said to me. Uh, you know, my wife gets eight weeks of vacation every year. She only works like she works two shifts on, four shifts off. So she has a lot what of time. What is her off. job? Do you mind me asking? Yeah, she's a corrections officer for uh, New York State Prison. Oh, I never knew that. Yeah. So um, she gets a lot of time. off. She works very hard when she's at work, but she gets a lot of time off. And I would also like to be off in the summer. So I think I'm going to go to teacher's college. And, Amazing. Uh, well, you'd be fantastic at it. Fantastic. I, yeah, I mean, when I was in my undergrad, I really, I really regret not having pursued teaching at that time. Uh, that's one of my big regrets. We all have regrets in life. And that's one of them. It. I mean, I don't lose sleep over it, but you know, if I could go back and do things differently, I would, but, um, so we, um, why not now, you know, late thirties, but never too late. And. But I also think I find regrets can sometimes mean just like, not so much, like for me, I think it's probably actually the right time in your life. You, you might've done it and then not taken full advantage. Now you'll appreciate it more yeah. than you might've, if you'd done it earlier and now you might actually do it like even better. Yeah, I mean, I always liked teaching and I've been always involved in teaching in some way, whether it was at the zoo or- The science you know, center. At the science center, <laughs> Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Or, you know, even yeah. when I was a kid, I taught dance classes and- No, you'll uh, be fantastic, Chelsea. I know that. Oh my gosh. Because even with me, yeah. when I'm like, Chelsea, can you explain this to me? When I've, I can't remember, there's always some science stuff I'll ask you. And you're just really great at, at explaining it in a way that doesn't make me feel- I'm like asking a stupid question. You yeah, know? thank you. So, that's really nice. Absolutely. And that's the same thing when you were, when you were talking about the, 
vaccinations online, I just felt like you had, you were the perfect person to say things to make sense that didn't become boring, but made sense and everyone was interested. So you'll be fantastic at that. Yeah. yeah I'm excited. Very nice. Well, I think, I think we're going to start, I'm going to ask you a few questions. Okay. Are you cool with that? Yeah, for sure. So what inspires you about your mom and dad? And then actually, I'm going to carry that over to your own and opa as well. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I know this will be a big question for you. <laughs> yeah. There's so a lot there. Like I alluded to earlier, um, my relationships with my parents were also somewhat tumultuous. Um, and, you know, my father has passed away, but, uh, okay. they, you know, they're, they inspire sorry, me in, no, that's okay. It's, it's fine. They, um, inspire me in, in a few ways, you know, I'll take my mother, for example. Um, she is a fighter. She takes things that are thrown at her and they're difficult, but she still wakes up every day and wants to live. <laughs> and that's, that's challenging. Yeah. Given what she's been through, um, you know, she had a, a rough childhood coming from Germany to Canada and, um, and, you know, later in life having, having me and, um, and struggling with, with, she has, you know, a chronic pain condition and then later cancer and, uh, some mental health issues and some difficult, uh, relationships. And, yeah, she somehow still gets up every day with, with um, life in her. Yeah, which is inspiring for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, both my parents were are highly intelligent, and I always admired that about them. Um, both of them have ha a love of learning and reading, and you know, my mom speaks three lang three three and a half languages and I don't know how she speaks three and a half languages and I speak one how how is which that languages thing? sorry can I I don't mean to drop English that. French German and right. her Spanish is not bad either amazing um, yeah so that you know she has a lot of inspiring qualities about her um and you know we have very different values and very different priorities so there's some things where I'm like okay this is this is not a quality that I would like to take on um, so I'm also inspired to, to do things differently, you know, to not perpetuate, um, certain things and have them continue in our family. Uh, so yeah, I'm just sort of inspired to step away from the things that really don't work for me, um, about the personalities that my parents have and to do things differently. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about my parents and my grandparents. I mean, it's funny that you said like moving to the USA is like, yeah, it's scary and it's new and I, I'm immigrating and it's, it's different and I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do for a job or for, you know, for friends for that matter. But when I think about my grandparents being, you know, in their early 20s, coming to Canada with a young child, not speaking the language, having no money, Right, you know, not not being able to communicate, having to make money somehow, having to find a place to live. I feel like I've got it easy. Yeah, like they they had just lived through a war, like a yeah. literal war in Germany. Yeah, and my I'm, mom too. Yeah, 
Yeah. I'm just driving two hours across the border. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you put I it in perspective. That, I really have to put it in perspective and think about it that way. But yeah, from that perspective, my grandparents are pretty inspiring. They built a very comfortable life from themselves, like literally from nothing. And um, they're still together this day. They're they're 86 and 88 years old. They've been married since they were, I think, 19 and 21. So that's yeah. so amazing. Yeah. I love how when you talk about them, how you, you your face and your voice gets and I don't know, you can just see how incredibly close you are with them. Yeah. Yeah. We're pretty tight. Your are and opa. Yeah. They're so cute. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's lovely to see you and watch and hear about them. So my next question, what women inspire you or what woman inspires you? This is a big question. So you can, I mean, it can. Yeah. Um, you know, I think being part of the LGBTQ community and my experience as like um, a cisgendered white person whose family was relatively accepted, accepting, like I definitely recognize how much privilege I hold and that the experience of, of other people are very different. So I think back to um, you know, the, the early pride movements, pride didn't start out as a parade and a celebration and a party. It started out as a riot at Stonewall. And the women, the trans women of color specifically were really the ones on the front lines, throwing the first bricks, literally. And so those women really inspire me. I can't imagine what it would have been like in the late sixties to to, to be who they were and to stand up and say, this is who we are. And we're not going to take this abuse anymore from people of power and privilege. So, That's amazing, yeah. Chelsea. Sorry. I'm just listening. I didn't want to interrupt you. That's incredible. And I'm so, I'm so glad that you said that, you know, it's just such a nice, again, you say things with such intellect and poise and there's so much gratitude in what you just said as well, which is lovely. Well, without those pioneers who came before me, my life would be very, very different. And they literally sacrificed their blood, sweat, and tears, and in some cases, their lives, so that my generation can live an easier existence. So yeah, those women are definitely inspiring. Thank you, Chelsea. Thank you for saying that. Um, What do you think your calling is, or your dharma? That's how I would sort of imagine dharma i don't do we have just one calling i don't know i don't know Uh, what do you think (laughs) i don't think so i mean i don't think so either i think i don't know if i if i can make just like one person's life you know better in in any way that's yeah, that's enough for me. Just leaving this world a tiny little fragment better than when <laughs> I, when I leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, whether it's yeah through healthcare or through the work I do with the LGBTQ charities. Yeah, I think that's giving back in some way. Actually, that's what I was visioning as you were talking was healthcare, mm-hmm. because I feel like you're very just natural at that. It's sort of your, you know, like you're always just so, you just know, and you're sort of natural about health and well-being and 
it's sort of a part of you. And I don't even think you realize how natural it is for you. So um, what's your, okay, this one's funny. How about people have a hard time with this? And what's your favorite quality about yourself? Hmm. I think I, I would say, I guess it is like my adaptability, like, like I mentioned earlier, just yeah, being able to decide I'm going to do something different and figure out what it is I need to do to and get then there. And go and do it and do it well without yeah. any fear. Yeah. No, I, I do have fear. Yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah, yeah. Without fear. Yeah, I know yeah, you. I do have fear. Definitely. <laughs> I, you know, I, yeah, I, str I struggle with anxiety and, and some mental health issues myself. And so I'm constantly having to keep myself in check and, and uh, talk myself down sometimes. So yeah, there's definitely fear and anxiety there, but um, yeah, I just, I intellectualize things a lot, right? So sometimes you just have to be logical about things. Like if I want to get to point B, then I have to go through point A first. So how am I going to get there? And if yeah. I can intellectualize that for myself and create like a bit of a plan, then it's a bit easier. I'm so, I'm so glad that you did this for um, this podcast, because it's just, I, I, I always just think of my kids when they hear this, you know, like this is the kind of thing that is wise is so that they know there's, you know, what, I don't know, there's just inspiration in what, in words and what, what they're going to hear from this. Right. Um, yeah, with kids, I just like, I mean, and if I do go into teaching, I think it's just so important to know that you can always reinvent yourself. Like you always have that option. You don't have to stay stuck in any situation that's not serving you. Oh, like I was the biggest and that's everyone is the, I put the biggest walls in front of myself. Right. Like, but yet you still break through them. You still manage to break through them. But I was, I felt like I was, to be honest, sitting on a fence for so long being comfortable. Like I just, that's, that's, okay. that's but you, you know, know what? Sometimes you have to sit and contemplate before you can make a move, you know? But it, like, you know, when you feel like you've been playing it safe for a long time, that was, I think, and, and now I'm, and it's funny, I just saw a quote just recently and it was by a yoga company and they said, your life is as, I think, as fulfilling as your courage is or something like, and it's true. Like, you know, when you put yourself more out there, the life feels more grand, right? And mm -hmm. it's okay to be safe, but sometimes it's nice to, yeah. to be out there as well. So it is okay to be safe. And sometimes you need that safety and that protection and that comfort. Sometimes Sometimes you need that just to get through, to exist, to bring you peace. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I, I too struggle with anxiety and and sort of, you know, and there's times in my life when I really felt like it was never a problem, and there's times when I noticed as a problem. But, um, you know, I but think what you've taught me is that, you know, you can always go to that safe place in your mind. You know, like um, yep. you can yep. create an amazing place in your in your mind and you can go there anytime and separate yourself from the from the emotions right totally yeah that's that was that's a big one for me because i'm very visual um you know when you when you are struggling with the anxiety or with you now you know what gets you through it what keeps you kind of oh man i mean there's been times where i i really haven't gotten through it you know there's been times where my mental health has been really low and i've had to take time off work. I've had to take time away from school. I've, you know, kind of locked myself into my, my space and kept, kept to myself and, you know, let go of, of my physical health and, and my good eating habits and all that when my mental health is really bad. Sometimes, you know, 
sometimes when, when you're really struggling with mental health issues and you're, and you're really in a hard place, sometimes it's, it's hard just to make yourself a meal and have a shower, mm-hmm. you know, like that oh, yeah. in itself is a big feat. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, at those times you, you're really not, you don't feel like you are getting through the hard times. You're just kind of sur- in survival mode. And, um, you know, in the past therapy has been really helpful um, yeah. med- medication has been really helpful at times when I've needed it. Um, you know, having one or two like really awesome friends to talk to, I think having a couple like really awesome friends that you can totally be yourself with is a much better situation than having like, you know, 25 acquaintances. I agree. Who only, you know, know your life on Instagram or whatever. Yes. Yeah. So, yep. Um, yeah, those kinds of things. And, you know, when I'm feeling good and things are hard, it's easier to get through them. And I do feel like I can intentionally do things to get myself into a better place, whether it's, you know, do a yoga class with Nadine or, um, basic self-care, like even if it means shutting my phone off, turning the TV on, ordering pizza, because I don't have it in me to cook tonight spending some time with my cat and just shutting the world out for an evening. <laughs> like yeah. that's so important too. And, and I have the luxury of doing that without little humans to take care of. So I, you know, I, mothers, I have the utmost respect for you because you guys, I should say parents, not mothers, but parents don't get days off. <laughs> you know, it's not as easy for you just to shut the whole world out and have alone time but I do have that luxury and, um, and I take advantage of it right now. But self-care in itself, I mean, everyone has yeah, something. Everyone. Yeah. Self-care looks different yeah. for everyone. And that's what I think it's coming down to It's just self-care. What is, what is needed within the situation you have to help you get through and, and past things? Because I truly believe feeling stuff and living through things and acknowledging yes. whatever it is you're going through, but totally. It has to be a passing moment, not a defining moment. Um, yep. Because then and that's- getting help is so important. Oh, like, so you important. You have to get through everything yourself. You mm-hmm. can reach out to support networks, to services in your community, to friends, to family, to professionals. Um, mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yep. just not, not feeling like you have to go through it alone all the time. And for a, for an independent person- that can be really hard. To very, reach out to very abnormal feeling. I think that's when it becomes almost hard, right? Yeah, for sure. Do you consider yourself like independent and hard to do that? Or are you easy to reach out to people for that kind of help? I think I'm a pretty, ind- yeah, I would say I'm a pretty independent person. In the, in the past, I certainly had trouble reaching out to people and, and, and getting, you know, the help that I needed or whatever. Now I would say I'm much more likely to get, to get, to reach out to, to what I need. Um, whether it's, like I said, friends or family or professionals or whoever. So, um, yeah, I think now I'm pretty good at that. And I think also society has made it more, the awareness of it too, is, is much greater now to make it, um, more of a, just the awareness of that for everybody, I think has made it, I think easier for people to understand that's more of a norm than an abnorm. Right. Yeah. I think people, especially in the mental health realm, people are talking about it more and Mm -hmm. more, which is awesome. Very great. Yeah. It's such like such a, 
yeah, it, it's nice to see, or even just uh, like when you think of self-help yep. book sections when I was younger, yeah. like there was really like one like little section. Now there's this huge, you know, or in courses and you name it. And that's such a great to me. Um, I don't know. It's just such a, a good, like aware we're in the age of awareness in that sense. So I'm, I'm, yeah. that's a positive. So, so thank you for that response. Um, I always ask this question, but I always know the answer. Do you go by your gut feeling your intuition? No, you what? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. I thought you were going to say yes. <laughs> no, I think I, Why? I'm in my head way too much and I overanalyze everything a thousand times. And I always, part of my anxiety and my control issues is that I need to be like four steps ahead of myself and everyone else at all times and weigh every possible outcome of something. And so, no, I I think I intellectualize things way too much. Yeah. So... Do you think this would make you feel because you're I'll tell you you're you're so intelligent you are intuitive just have faith in that yeah somebody else must said that to me recently too someone um like, like you're intuitive a, to energy and and stuff so I, I would say don't doubt it not to tell you what to do but do it <laughs> but you know I definitely do it. <laughs> but no yeah. you you're definitely intuitive it's not like you're making horrible decision you know like I, I have to... though I mean there have been times where I've made decisions and I'm like why did I do that I thought way too hard about that my gut was telling me this I didn't listen to it and now I'm in this crappy situation and I put myself there I only have myself to blame so oh we all have there are ourselves. times where I definitely wish I had listened to my gut so there you um, go and sometimes I'm I don't want to listen to it I know I don't acknowledge it um I'm stubborn that way and that's something I've, I'm working on and would like to continue working on to be able to really get in touch with those grounding feelings because sometimes I feel like I'm operating like up here, you know? Yeah, yeah, I actually, I know exactly what you're saying. But I think you'll, you're more in touch with it than you probably realize, you know? So, well, that was funny because I totally thought you were going to say yes. This is actually... Um, Actually, I wouldn't know what you'd say. What is the most important quality in a friend? In a friend. Um, or someone close to you. I think loyalty and yeah, the people, the people I'm closest to are the people who are really loyal and you, the people who are really dependable. You know that if something is going down and you need them, that they're going to be there through hell or high water to give you the shirt off their back. Those are the people I have a lot of respect for because I try to be that way with my friends and the people who mean a lot to me. And yeah, I, that's really important to me in friendships. Yeah, big time, big time. Um, it's funny, because I, I actually saw... Um, this I was on Instagram, of course, and this guy, he said, you know, invest in relationships that invest back into you. Don't invest in what yes. you think, how much you like that person. Invest in what the investment coming back to you. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's a really great way to think of it that way, Alice. Like, that's really great. In friendships and in romantic relationships. Yeah. 
Yeah. Cause there's always certain what you, an idea of someone, but then if it's not coming back, it's not coming back. It's not feeding you. So yeah. I just and you have, have to be, you have to be real about it with friendships and relationships. You can't be in them based on their potential. You have to be right. in them on the reality of what is being presented to you. Absolutely. And what you're getting, cause after a while you just start to feel like exhausted by it. And on yeah, your, one side right? is never. Yeah. And you're, and you feel like you're depleted from that. Right. So, um, this question, I, because I always, memory for me is very interesting and actually for you, because you're this science person, um, how does your memory work? (laughs) Most people close to me would say my memory is not great. Really? So how did you, how do you do your science, your like studying and stuff? Like, how do you study or how do you remember everything? Long-term, I don't remember everything. Um, I'm, I'm really, I've really honed the skill of cramming an obscene amount of information into my brain okay. for a very short time so that I can write it down all on paper and get a really good grade. And then <laughs> a lot of it just kind of trickles back out again. <laughs> That's so, crazy. So you would, but see, like when you're studying, how do you study? Do you write it down? Do you look like, are you visual? Like, do you? Reading and writing, I would say, like just watching something or just hearing something doesn't always, it's not always enough to be solidified in my memory. I like to kind of see it on paper. Um, I have a, I have, I, I don't want to say a photographic memory, but I always, when I was writing exams, I would find myself being able to visualize the, the sentence in my notes that I had written. Like I can picture like the color that I had underlined it in, the color I had highlighted it in. And I had to go back and try to like reread in my mind, the words on that paper. Um, that's so, exactly what I wanted to know. Cause that's yeah. sort of how I vision it too, is sort of like what I see in my mind is like, okay, it was at the top of the screen underneath yes. this and that blah, blah, blah. And it was in that color. And then I can almost remember it better. Exactly. And some people are yeah. so different. You know, yeah. like, so, like it's, it's so interesting to me, um, memory. So um, this next question, what's your favorite homemade meal? You can make it, oh. someone can make it for you. There's so many. There's so many. I have like a roster of, of food so, that I want. It's always something that someone else cooks. It's not, do you it's cook? not ever something I cook. Um, I'm a mediocre cook at best, but. Um, and this amazing baker. Yeah, but the pro- I don't bake because then I eat it all. That's the problem. I have no self-control. But so, baking is more of science, right? It's just following a recipe. That's all it is. Because you're a scientist, right? But um, Okay, so my mom makes a killer tortier. Okay. Okay. I love when she makes those things. Um, she lived in, my family lived in Montreal for many years. I was going to say, so, it's very Montreal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they lived in Montreal till the um, till the early '80s. So okay, yeah. I didn't know that. That's what I love that she makes. My my Oma can do no wrong when she makes yeah. food. I love yeah. all of her food. I love German potato salad. Yes. Oh my gosh, Chelsea, right? that's what Mom would bring to every event. Everything. It was a potato salad, and it has the hard boiled <laughs> eggs on top and the pickles. Well, mom, yeah, but my, I just remember mom would be like, it's sometimes it was so hot. Sometimes it would turn into soup and she'd be like, oh, it's turning into soup. Like, Still delicious. It's but fine. it's, yeah. But the potato salad, I completely, oh my gosh. So wow. Good. 
Yeah. And my grandmother makes um, like potato pancakes I love, um, schnitzel. Yes. Um, yeah. Look at you. So Look good. at the, oh yeah, the German food. Yeah. Very nice. Oh, that's, you know, it, it totally brought me back. Thank you for that. Oh, this is a fun question. If you were a singer, what kind of music would you sing? And what would your stage name be? You can answer anything and you don't have to answer any of these questions, by the way. I should have said that. Um, I don't know about a stage name, but I definitely would sing like some like badass, like chick rocker, like, like Melissa Etheridge or nice. like or um, like Blondie, like, you know. One Do you of those, sing? Like, no, I'm. I can't even carry a tune. Literally, cannot carry a tune. Like you, it's, I feel like you totally could. <laughs> Looking no, at you right now, I feel like I would think no, you no, could. No, 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 no. You can ask anybody who's heard, like. Even sometimes when I'm like, oh, you know that song that goes like this, and people are like, what? <laughs> no, I've never heard that song. And meanwhile, it's like they know that song. No, I can't even carry a tune. <laughs> I almost want you to do it for us right now. No, it's really I'm kidding. That's so funny. Chelsea. I would definitely never have a singing career. Never. But yeah, I would, I would definitely, definitely sing some like. I love that answer. Oh my gosh. Actually, you know what? We grew up so with like Melissa Etheridge, like, oh my gosh. So, so that's so my high school. Um, uh, Growing up, did you have a favorite stuffed animal and what was its name? I did. Uh, I don't know where he is these days. I'm sure. I don't know if he's even around anymore, but he had a really lame name. Sometimes I called him Teddy. Sometimes I called him Christmas Bear. He was literally <laughs> just this teddy bear, and he was he was kind of flat. It sounds weird, but he was like <laughs> a flat bear, and he had on like a Santa hat and these red overalls and green shoes. Oh, Christmas Bear! I get it now. Yeah, he was a Christmas Bear, and so he yeah he was my favorite. Yeah, and you and don't I know where he is by his little hat. The little point Aww. on it. Oh my goodness. Do you have pictures of him at least? I don't think so. But outside of my Christmas bear, I had this, it was a pillow and it came inside a doll carriage that I got when I was really little. I still have them. I still okay. have the doll carriage and I still have the pillow. And eventually the pillow case wore down. It was a rainbow pillow and the stuffing came out and so then it was just this pillowcase that I carried around and I called it Pilly and I carried it around everywhere with me everywhere I was obsessed with this pillow and Pilly that is had to so cute Pilly had to be everywhere with me and then one day um Pilly got lost oh no lost oh and okay. I was devastated it was yeah. like my world came crashing down let me guess um, your brother no, my brother oh. wasn't even born yet. Oh, so good. he wasn't even born yet. My, I think my mom, my parents just like took it away from me because I was so attached to right, this thing. Right, right. Yes. And uh, and then my mom gave it back to me years later, like when I was a teenager already. And oh, I was yeah. like, really existed this yeah. whole time. I felt like I felt so betrayed. <laughs> Where's Pilly now? Oh, I still have, it's somewhere. It's in a box. My whole life oh is in a box. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. I love that story. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's funny, Chelsea. Oh. And I have oh. the doll carriage that it came with. And um, in I, that made box? Wife, I made my wife take it to um, our house in the States to put in the basement. Cause I didn't really have room for it here. And she hates dolls and doll oh. carriages. She's like terrified of them, terrified of them. 
and um yeah so she had to take it with her and yeah. when I was remember when I was crossing the border with it actually the the border guard opened, opened up my trunk and saw this rainbow doll carriage in the back and was like I'm not even gonna ask and then closed <laughs> my and just let me go through that's hilarious oh my goodness that's so cute that whole story <laughs> oh Chelsea oh I'm trying to find the next question I'm and I've been laughing so hard my cheeks hurt um actually I've never heard you say a bad word what's the your the, okay if you would stub your toe what would be the first word that would fly out of your mouth or if you would drop huh. your phone oh would it for sure, for sure. yeah I me too all the time all the time See, I don't, I guess, cause I've always seen you sort of in a place where we're more professional or whatever, but, and during yeah. yoga, I don't think you swear. <laughs> I turn myself on mute. You just don't hear That's me. That's right. <laughs> when we're doing those core, those Pilates moves, I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> See, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, yeah, I but it's the same word I would say. Yeah, no, me too. I've actually, I actually got spoken to one time at a place of employment being like, you gotta, you gotta watch your words. Rain it in. No yeah. way. What the yeah. zoo? Was it the zoo? I'm not going to say where it was, but <laughs> no, yeah, then we'll take it. But no, I it's I know I have to rein it in at sometimes and I catch myself doing it even at work now with my colleagues. I'll catch myself saying something and then I'm like, "Oh, sorry." Like I I I try to go out of my way to apologize so that people know that I'm trying to yeah, overcompensate for it. I do too. To do better. But yeah, I do it when it's like, I'll be fine until I'm mad about something. And then it's all of a sudden, that's when you know I'm upset because I'm dropping an F-bomb right. or whatever, you know? And yeah. then I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. Like parrots, right? They hear you stub your toe and say fuck. And then they're like, yeah. oh. Oh, yeah. 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 My no, goodness. you're not supposed to say that. Yeah. Yeah. No, we don't. Do We don't repeat that. I'm sorry. Mommy wasn't supposed to say that. Yeah. That was not a nice word oh my gosh um oh this is a nice one uh what's your favorite thing about our friendship I think over the years it's just been great that you know we've we've had times where we're in touch more and then we've had times where we're not in touch more and it just seems like easy like we're always just able to kind of pick up where we left off and catch up and yeah, it always just seems easy. And, um, you know, fitness has always been, I would say the most challenging thing of, of self care for me to do for myself. And you've been really inspiring in that way. And you make it easy. If that's a thing, like you make it not intimidating. Um, and Thanks, you Chelsea. have such, such an accepting vibe around you with anything when it comes to physical activity, like such a lack of judgment, which I think is awesome for people of like all different shapes and sizes and colors. And so, and you're like that in life in general, you know, not just when it comes to, to yoga, Aww, but I think you. just like yourself, your accepting nature makes it just easy to be friends with you. It's just so, yeah. And I feel so the same way. And you know what, actually going back to the fitness part, I was actually thinking, wow, Chelsea's doing so much fitness and so many, and you've got such good technique. Like one of the things that I was always wanting to tell you, and I don't always get a chance is how, how you're so, um, like your technique in yoga is amazing. And I, I, and I know I say it, but I don't think you actually realize how much I see it and how, how you're doing, like you were doing combat, you're doing this. So when you say that, when you're like, it's the 
not easy part for me. I was like, that's shocking because to me, you're looking so like fluid and it's coming natural for you. So just on that note. No, it's, 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 a, it's intimidating, you know, as someone who's not a size two, four, six, it's fitness, getting into the fitness world in any capacity can certainly be challenging. I felt good life was, was really good for that. Like what was their motto? Like fitness for any body or something. Yeah. Yeah. I've, yeah. I forget. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's, but that, and I actually, I know exactly the feeling that they sort of portrayed with that. Yeah. But it's true. Yeah. Um, but no, you're like, I'm so, I'm just so impressed with what, because we sort of what reconnected just recently through the yoga classes. Mm-hmm. But um, that's the thing I sort of really picked up was, wow, you've been really doing well, keeping yourself um, like just doing a lot of physical things. Oh my goodness. Okay. So for anyone listening, I feel like Romeo is my new sort of, my new cat sort of crush. Cat <laughs> and he's now in the video. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Romeo. That's the perfect way for this long. I know. <laughs> but so thank you so much, Chelsea and give Romeo a kiss for me. He's there again. Oh my gosh. Um, Thank you so much for not only doing this, but the reason you're doing this is because you inspire me and you continue to do so with your, with your, you know, moving with now you might be changing careers with being so open about your personal life and um, being so strong minded. It inspires me when I start to feel like, oh, I shouldn't be. So I think of how you will be and how you are. Um, Uh Yeah. And for your support with, everything with just with the yoga and getting your friends involved and stuff. I just, I really thank you so much. So, um, so yeah, I just thank you for being here. And for those listening, please take the time to think of who inspires you and reach out and connect. It can make someone smile. It can change a relationship or it can even start a new one. So you're with Chelsea and Nadine and thanks for listening.